Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Cinematics, a new week of Cinematics. This is for the week covering Friday, March 1st, 2024. This is episode 231. I'm joined by my betters, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. We just finished our monthly Patreon for the month of February. Bruce, how did it go? Two classic movies that we covered, Blood In, Blood yeah. Out, a.k.a. Blood of Honor, Bound by Honor, and also, what, The Eight Immortals Restaurant, The Untold Story. You, you have yeah. you have some thoughts on those movies, right? Some some thoughts. I did. I had some oh. thoughts. Okay. I thought I thought I, I loved them so much. I you you love them so much. Are you being sarcastic? I'm just I was I, rolling around. I was rolling around in the the restaurant of the, mm. whatever it's called. Well, Bruce will probably go to a restaurant this weekend. That's when he's going to celebrate his latest birthday on. Happy birthday, Bruce Perky! Today, as you're recording this podcast, so you just yeah, ten to... ten years away from the perfect birthday. Oh, we'll see oh. if we're still doing that. <laughs> if, if I'm still around and we're still around in 10 years, Eric will have his, he'll be able to have a perfect celebration with me. Oh my gosh. I just looked at my notification. 60, Bitcoin went to 62,000. Two years ago, it was at, at 16,000. Why didn't you guys advise me to invest in Bitcoin? It's now at 62,000. Bruce, Eric, Eric, why don't you... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't invest or I don't recommend anyone invest in any sort of financial thing because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not the person to ask about that sort of thing. Well, unfortunately, Eric, you're going to have to do your job because Bruce and I now nominate you as a final financial advisor for any of the monies coming into cinematics. What do you say to that? In you... that case, I would uh, advise anyone listening <laughs> to go to findyourfilmpodcast.com <laughs> and buy up any sort of merch you find in there. Because uh, financially, <laughs> it would uh, benefit the show. Yes. And I mean, we have shower curtains. I was going to say, we're sitting <laughs> on a bunch of shower curtains here, people. Findyourfilmpodcast.com for our merch for cinematics and find your film. It could be really fun stuff. Also, for the month of March, we randomized it. it we're, none of us are Anderson Gowan, so we're not good at keeping the notes like Anderson does. And he was keeping notes on Patreon. I've got I've got to go back and look if we covered this year. But if we didn't cover this year, if everything's everything is fine for March, we will we will cover the year 2007 for our Patreon members. That's one will be it'll be my choice this month, my movie pick, and the second pick will be a choice from our lovely, wonderful Patreon members. Also, finally, final plug: Cinematics YouTube channel. Anything. You want to say, Eric or Bruce, about the Cinematics YouTube channel? I I don't know what to say. We have some movie interviews. Anything else? Uh, some. If you want to, what? Go subscribe to our channel. Bruce and Eric, do you have anything interesting or insightful to say that I don't? Uh, uh, there's uh, interviews and movie reviews, and it's on YouTube, as is Blood In, Blood Out. So when you're done watching Blood In, Blood Out, just click right over to the Cinematics channel, which is probably in the recommends, I imagine. Are you a Taylor Hack director Taylor Hackford plant? Because you have been mentioning Blood In, Blood Out all throughout Patreon, thinking all roads lead to Blood In, Blood Out. I possibly do not. I don't disagree with you at all. I I, I, I think I agree. And with you. yes, if you go to the Patreon episode of 1993, well, I, I would recommend a certain director might not want to go there. Oh, that is a way to actually publicize our Patreon. Yes, a certain 
someone i think it was bruce Perky we, or we, we won't mention it here but it's, it was yeah. uh, there's a pretty spicy story uh greg dropped on the patreon <laughs> episode really well i like that thank you eric was that a little bit spicy that i dropped uh, on that patreon bruce it was uh the tea was spilled <laughs> the tea was spilled there is some tea spilled on our patreon so look listeners if you want to check out the story it'll be uploaded my little spicy story along with most importantly our reviews of blood in blood out and the eight immortal though wait the eight immortals restaurant slash yep. the untold story colon the untold story but yeah colon the untold story and look if you are not part of patreon the eight immortals uh restaurant the untold story it's streaming on canopy and a bunch of other things and eric do not see this movie the eight immortals restaurant the untold story if you what if you don't like hanging out in red uh uh children's school or yeah there's a lot of violence with children and there's a lot of violence period you know but eric and bruce talked about how the violence is depicted in our patreon yeah check out that thing but it's a very interesting movie as well so some good stuff yeah so all right yeah so that's it that's it that's all i'm gonna plug we have some really interesting movies for this week i think we have how many movies do we have we have about oh we have some like three or four let's start off with the big one this week I think it's the big one. Bruce, you and I saw it. It's called Shada. And Zar Amir Ibrahimini, or Ibrahami, I'm, I got to look up her, how to pronounce her name, and that's my fault. She is a very wonderful actress. She was in Holy Spider. All three of us loved Holy Spider. And here, this one, this movie is set in 1995, Australia. She is an Iranian woman who has a daughter, and she finds refuge in a woman's shelter in some remote area of Australia to hide from her husband. She wants a divorce from him, but things in Iran, the customs there, divorce is very hard to come by, and it's very frowned upon, at least from the year 1995. I don't know how it is today, some almost 30 years later. Maybe it's the same. Who knows? But this movie is sort of a microscope, uh, a little microscopic look into the customs of Iran, Iranian uh New Year, you get to see a little bit of customs, the insights into the culture, but most importantly, you get to see this woman try to ultimately divorce her husband, lead a good life with her daughter. It's a family drama, but it's an elevated family drama, which I, I feel it's thanks to the great lead performance. And you're very locked in to her plight and her daughter's plight. And I think, Bruce, you mentioned some movies give you anxiety. This movie gave me anxiety all the way through because... I was really worried about their fate in Shada. Now, what are your thoughts on the movie, Bruce? Uh, overall, positive on this one. Uh, yeah, so a couple of things to mention right out the gate. Like you talked about, she is trying to separate herself, but it takes a while to do that. And there's, you know, kind of a limited, I guess you'd call it visitation while they're still in the process of, of possibly divorcing. And what makes it really interesting is kind of this dynamic of she is concerned that, I mean, her daughter could be abducted any moment. You never know. Uh, and there is a Iranian community there, but she's and which she does interact with. But every time she interacts with them, it seems like there's always this danger that that interaction will be seen by the wrong people or what happens if she interacts with them might cause judgment upon her or her, the, the people she's still friends with I mean, get judged as well. Uh, in fact, I think this movie, if I remember correctly, it opens with them at an airport and 
the the mom is <laughs> describing to the daughter like if you see this spot you know she's basically training her so if she's about to get abducted what to do to try to not get abducted uh and taken out of the country through the airport so that's kind of the basic setup and the setup the setup is very good um and she's in this sort of um uh, a shelter yeah whole variety almost international i guess it would be that everyone there seems like from a different country uh except australia and maybe there's one one or two people from australia but everyone else is from like britain or other countries and um i think the only drawback to this is it's very leisurely like it uh, even though there is that kind of level of tension throughout there's also a lot of hanging out you know, mother's hanging out with a daughter and it's charming and it's, and it's interesting. And you're finding out about them and you're finding out, like you said, about customs and also kind of how she's tentatively trying to navigate around what her current feelings for the father is. And the daughter kind of knows something's up, but also the daughter, you know, still loves her mom, her dad too. So, but I think a lot of that, I don't know, there's a level there that could have, I think, narratively been a little more Tighter? engaging okay engaging, engaging. something yeah mm. I, I feel like I, I feel like i don't want this to be stereotypical like lifetime movie i don't want this to be like you know melodramatically heightened but at the same time i kind of wanted it to move along a little bit too mm. so yeah okay so i apologize zara amir ibrahimi Okay, and again, she was in Holy Spider. We all loved it, and she is fantastic in this movie. Bruce, you have a really good point. It does get a little bit too leisurely at times. I was fine with that because when it, whenever it was leisurely, I was halfway nervous. Not 100%. yeah, <laughs> I was a, not a hundred percent nervous about their plight. Just knowing that confrontations would come for the just proverbial third act. We we all know what's going to happen in this type of movie. The movie is directed by. Nura Nia Sari, and it's, she also wrote this, and it's inspired by her, her own life growing up too. Very personal, introspective movie, family drama, excellent lead performance. The daughter is fantastic as well, very cute, and she handles the emotional stuff very good as well. But it's one of these things, if you have a proclivity to watching these empowering family dramas in your local cinema, it could be catnip for you. I'll be honest, Family dramas of this ilk are not my cup of tea, but thanks to Zara Amir Ibrahimi's wonderful performance, first-rate performance, along with really good storytelling, I four stars for me. Just excellent drama. Really enjoyed the ending, which for me was subtle and memorable. And yeah, I can see where you're thinking about some of the leisurely points. I I want I want to see what when people see it, what they really think. Of this movie but i i really i was surprised at how much i really loved shana your final thoughts bruce and rating yeah i'm uh i'm probably three and a half stars in this one definitely a solid movie i i feel like there's just that there's something and i'm i'm not the filmmaker so i can't figure out what that is there's something that to me could have just put it over the top uh little subtle moments that worked really really well like when she's got an interpreter she has to have an interpreter oh. to put to put down her her uh her thoughts or her, or actually her, her recollections of what happened. And at one point she has an interpreter that, that says her name and she never said what her name was. So just that fact makes her want to just shut it down because the interpreter might be actually spying for her husband. Stuff like that is really amazing. I, I feel like I wanted a little more of that kind of um, all the way throughout. 
But uh, it's a good movie. And for some people, this is going to be a five-star movie. I think if, especially if they have a history personally of anything even relating to this, I think it's going to hit them pretty hard. And the husband, just uh, no disrespect here. I just, I want to throw him out the window. Personally, <laughs> he's pretty much a jerk. That's not a spoiler. I, I just hate the guy. So I do kind of want to call out they did a great job with the husband because at first he doesn't seem like he seems, I mean, even though you kind of heard the story about him already for the first few times you see him, he seems pretty reasonable, you know, pretty and he's smart, hardworking, he's right? Smart, hardworking, friendly, seems to love his daughter. All yes. those things that'll kind of suck you back into thinking like, well, maybe she's maybe she's being paranoid. Maybe she's being a little bit over emotional about this. All those kind of things that you hear. But then his true colors start to come out. And yeah, yeah not yeah. so much. <laughs> you, can, you can purely love someone and still want to manipulate them. And this is where this guy comes from. He's one of these kind of weird, just sociopaths. So sometimes the people you love, you can also hurt. So Bruce and Eric, watch out. I'm coming for you. Even though as much as I love both of you, there's <laughs> might be some horrible intentions. So just shit on me, teach you some things, you know? So just, you should watch that, Eric. Learn some lessons on this movie. And you missed a really good performance by Zaramir Ibrahimi, but you're excused because you've seen 20 movies and have been doing a lot of interviews <laughs> in the last week, Eric. You've been doing way too many things. Also, Eric and I both saw this movie that we really can't talk about right now. So it's a movie starring Russell Crowe. We're not going to mention the name of the, of the movie at all, Sleeping Dogs, but we're going to talk about it in March 22nd. It's going to be really interesting. So <laughs> wait, wait for that. And Eric and I will be also doing a movie. We'll, we'll also be covering that Russell Crowe movie, doing spoilers for the week of March 22nd for that movie, who, who, who we can't mention right now, uh, Sleeping Dogs. So moving on forward, that is... Uh, yes. Real quick. Well, first of all, what, what was your, uh, what was your uh, uh, thing for the rating for the... Shada? That that's first of all, that's none of your business, cinematics listeners. It's only Air, me, uh, me and Bruce. It's a secret rating that we have for each other for Shada. But great four question. Four stars, gotcha. <laughs> how dare you, Eric? How dare you? Yes, four stars from me from Greg's Rosavasti, the predictable one out of the three. Four stars from me for Shada. But uh, uh, the, the 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 movie that we're not supposed to talk about for another couple of weeks, the Sleeping Dogs. Um, <laughs> um yeah. Um, We'll definitely be talking about that in a couple of weeks and I'm looking forward to it, but uh, uh, interviewed the uh, director mm -hmm. and he mentioned that his wife has a podcast called was I in a cult? Ooh. And uh, I, I started as soon as I got done with the just the title alone, I'm like, I got to listen to this and yeah. I put it in. The opening line was this episode contains sexual references, strong language and comical justifications for marrying multiple teenagers. Enjoy. <laughs> Oh, so if, the, if that doesn't sell you on it, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And one more time, Eric, what is the name of that podcast from the wife of Adam Cooper? I was was I in a cult? Was uh, the, I in a cult? Yeah. The the whole point of it is that uh, they, I guess, they have interviews with people or uh, snippets from people that used to be in a cult. Mm -hmm. I guess the whole idea is that when you're in a cult, you might not know you're in a cult, you know, okay. because it's just stuff around you seems normal, even though. People looking from the outside in are like, no, that's not normal. That's interesting. I mean, like yeah. if you have a red hat and it says "Make America," I'm not. Gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's certainly a cult. <laughs> Anyways, 
we love everyone here on the podcast where we we uh we service everyone right right folks hey yes i service everyone oh, i'm I kidding, about I'm you, kidding. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know, just... as long as they're of age and it's consensual then maybe. there you go see yeah, then maybe, i, I yes. service everyone who wants to be serviced <laughs> happy birthday bruce in windows aside what is your rating on? i'm only 59 this year so calm down people <laughs> <laughs> what is your what are you rating on shada bruce Oh, uh, three and a half. Oh, yeah, three and a half. Three and a half for Bruce, four for me. I apologize I, that you said that before. I need to listen more. I need to listen better. Shada, again, it's in theaters this Friday. Tell us what you think of this movie. Great performance, three and a half for Bruce, and four for me. I'm going to take a little siesta. I'm going to think really beautiful thoughts because now it's Eric Holmes' time with Bruce Berkey as they venture into the world of Conan the Barbarian. Is it Conan the Barbarian? Or is she Conan? Wait, she is Conan. What is this she movie is. about, Eric? Tell us about the, the synopsis. Hey. Ruth, do it, take it over. <laughs> well, you do this, well, Eric. I'm like, I want to hear this. So uh, this is the new movie by uh, Bertrand Mandico, who uh, previously has done uh, The Wild Boys and After Blue. And uh, if you've seen Wild Boys or After Blue, you know that uh, Bertrand's movies are insane i guess would probably be a good uh, good um and and they also uh they also tend to lean towards uh like uh non-binary characters uh the there's definitely a lot of uh a lot of themes of that in there um this is a conan movie i guess um it's uh let's see if i can do this so it's uh what oh what was the um rain Rain, Rainier or Rainy Rainier? Um, oh, Rainier, the the dog person. The yeah, dog the lady. dog, the dog demon thing. Uh, they kind of follow uh, Conan throughout different part, different eras of history, and each Conan is a different, uh, different person. Uh, and they die, and then they skip ahead, and then they find another Conan, and then there's uh like some weird um, kind of love, sexual love things uh, between Rainier and <laughs> all the different Conans. You're doing as good um, as I can do. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this was the pitch that got the movie greenlit. By the way. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, this is, this is very difficult to, uh, so I think this was probably over a year ago now where I took some shrooms and started reviewing a movie, I should have done it to this. Oh because uh, <laughs> this is just one of those like bonkers movies like uh like Wild Boys or After Blue. Watch Wild Boys or After Blue and then watch Conan. Uh it it's definitely got its own kind of uh kind of look to it. Um there's like always like a you know how like Tony Scott like his movies always mm -hmm. have like a lot of haze in the background. It kind of adds to the atmosphere. Uh, Bertrand always seems to have that Tony Scott haze, but instead of haze, it's like glitter. Mm, yes. And there, there's like, and, and like the, um, they tend to switch back and forth between black and white and color. And the color always looks kind of like muted. Like it's shot on 16 millimeter or it's like, I got that really uh, kind of muted pastel colors. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sexuality in all their movies, including this one. Um, and there's also a lot of, uh, violence and blood. It's just kind of, uh, the only thing that's really difficult about it is 
explaining what it is because that I I can't really do. It's 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 a Conan adaptation, sort of, but it's a Conan adaptation through time. And also like with this one, with all of them, like um I watched some movies and I feel like it's like there's like some point to this and I can't figure it out. And this one's no different. But I enjoy watching. I I just like Bertrand's kind of uh uh style, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh I mean you definitely call it I love the character of Rainier, Rainier, Rainier. Um such a strange character, but love following them. And yeah, I would like to see more movies with uh, sexual dog demons in them. <laughs> Bruce, you concur? You concur on the aesthetic and yeah, the aesthetic. Also, I would try to throw my hat in the ring on trying to describe it. I agree with the kind of the haziness. Um, I the other thing about the films of this director is they always tend to be kind of um, uh, like you could tell they're on sets. Like they're almost constructed like fantastical. Uh, tell me what you think about this, Eric. They're like fantastical settings. But you can tell they're on a set. They're not outside yeah. in the kind, kind, in, kind of like uh, let, uh, the let Ridley Scott's Legend. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you know, they're not on location. It's obvious they're on set, right. but it still it still looks kind of like full, I guess. Yeah, and this one, I think, uh, for me, what was kind of going on with it once again, it's really hard because it's it's so. This is the kind of movie that if you if you watch a movie and say that was too artsy for me, that was just too much into its head. This is not the kind of movie for you because this movie is so its own weird bizarre version of the world and i could imagine a lot of people just just phasing out right out of the gate i how to describe what i think it's doing but here, the right? thing is like it, it's definitely artsy like you mentioned it's not yeah. boring like like right. there's there's movies that like hang on shots forever you sure. know uh, uh bad luck banging comes to mind um where it's like, where it's <laughs> like there's there's nothing going on here with bertrand mandico's movies it's like Oh, there's there's a lot going on here. Almost too much going on because it's hard to make sense of all of it. Yeah, it's mm. almost like uh, there's like a glitter haze, like you talked about. That like almost a disco. Like it was formed through a disco filter. <laughs> if there's a disco <laughs> filter, this has it. Um, but to me, this one is kind of all about like so each each age of Conan, Conan that we have here. Like it started out, and I thought, well, this is going to be like this weird kind of version of the Conan story that we're used to, but it didn't, it started only like the very beginning section was kind of that. And then that age of Conan meets the next age of Conan and kills the first Conan. So each age is like killing off the previous age. And then a new actor um, is playing the Conan in the next age. And I feel like each age is, is something about like, like some big uh, version of violence or or control in the world, because there's definitely certain commentaries going on about different aspects of society by the time you get to the end of this. And like like you said, can I fully picture what's going on there? But I wasn't bored. I was definitely, it was just odd. It was crazy and weird. And I don't know. I love this director just for the fact that they are like David Lynch, not like in as far as the style, but... In the same way that David Lynch is definitely doing his own thing, and you can never doubt that David Lynch is putting the vision he wants on the screen, I feel like this director is putting their vision on the screen. Absolutely. This is like um, a live action version of a Ralph Bakshi movie, but with more glitter. I Yeah, I, I go with that. That's good. <laughs> 
Okay, yes. So that is She is Conan. And just for the purposes of this episode, from March 1st through the 5th, it is playing in Los Angeles at the Los Feliz 3. From March 2nd through the 7th, it will be playing in Winnipeg, Manitoba at the Dave Barber Cinematheque. And through the rest of the month, it'll have different dates as well. I will put the link where you can find She is Conan if it's playing in your neck of the woods. I will have a link if, to the site. Yes. If midnight so. movies are still a thing, the these the movies made by this director should be midnight movies. Yes. There should be people dressing up in costume and going to see these movies high off their asses on something. <laughs> and there's also it's Shrooms. coming. All yeah, Shrooms. it's yeah, it's also coming out on limited edition Blu-ray and pre-order the DVD or Blu-ray. So make sure Eric, you're on top of that. If you want to get the physical media, make sure you you actually email your contact, our contact for that as well. Who knows? Maybe she might have some copies to give away. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to go to uh, Best Buy to, oh, wait, no, we can't do it. I'm going to go to Walmart and wait, oh, do they do that? Oh, I'm going to go to Entertain Mart when the Blu-ray comes out. Entertain Mart, yeah. Or the She Is Conan site. That said, what is your rating on She Is Conan, Eric? Um, I, I think this is uh, five stars, but the... I, yeah, I should sure. I should probably go three star banger because there are people that will absolutely hate this, but I I really I really like uh, the Bertrand's aesthetic, and this one's no different. I love the character of Rainier, and um, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to watch this like ten more times and kind of parse out what the movie's trying to tell me because that I don't know. I just know I enjoyed watching it a lot. Three star banger from Eric Holmes. What about you, Bruce? I'm more of the fascinated than love side of it. I'm definitely, though, I would say three-star banger. I think this is the kind of movie that you can't suggest to many people unless you really know their taste. Because I feel like a lot of people won't like this movie. So this is a very particular flavor. I will say this. After Blue and uh, Wild Boys are both available, watch either one of those two. Yes. And if you're watching that going, oh, I kind of dig this. Uh, go watch She Is Conan when it's playing theaters, because now now is your chance. Because it, it's unlikely that any other movies will ever get a kind of a, you know, if you catch it in theaters on the on the Wednesday at noon, whenever they decide to show it, then that's probably your first and only chance to do so. Um, so yeah, check out uh, Bertrand's older movies, and if they seem like something you dig, now is your chance to see She Is Conan in a theater if it's playing near you. Okay, so does she is Conan. Some interesting ratings. Eric gives it three. They both three star bangers for both Bruce and Eric. And Eric secretly also gives it five stars because he loves this movie so much. Let's see if he, Eric, and Bruce love this movie called Amelia's Children, which hits theaters and is available on demand on March first. Amelia's Children is a, I would like to say, deft mixture of com comedy and horror. We'll see if Bruce and Eric agree with. The fact that I, I really love the balance of it. It centers on this guy named Edward, played by Carlotto Cota. And Edward is looking for his biological family. And he has this, I th he's, he gets this present from his girlfriend, played by Bridget Lundy Payne, where he actually puts his finger in some kind of contraption, takes its blood, and it can find his family. Well, his family lives in northern Portugal, this remote section in this beautiful house. And he gets to actually reunite with his twin brother, play, again, played by Carlo, Carlotto, Carlotto Cota, and also gets to meet his mother, Amelia. The movie actually starts with a younger Amelia, played by Alba Baptista, 
she, you actually see her with the two babies and she goes a little bit nuts when someone tries to steal one of her babies. That's the intro of the movie. And then it cuts to Edward's search for his own family. That is the premise. So Edward and, and his girlfriend, they travel to Portugal. They meet the mother and the brother and both of them seem a little bit uh, left or right. They, they don't seem very completely centered emotionally. They're, they're very eccentric. And that is a premise of Amelia's children. They, eventually they realize that mommy dearest and the brother, they might want them in the house for some ulterior motives. Running at 92 minutes, directed and written by Gabriel Abrantes. I really enjoyed this movie. I laughed. I thought I just basically coaxed Bruce into watching this movie, even though, like Eric, he's seen so many movies this week. I just told him there is one scene in the third act that you will not be able to unsee. And just for that scene, please watch this movie. I don't know, Bruce, if you are hating me for actually recommending this movie to you. What are your what is your thoughts on Amelia's children? Um, overall good but also a, a lot of missed opportunity here for me in in my book on this one uh first of all we did not mention the look of the mom uh when they, we probably should the mom looks like um well you know how someone has had so much plastic surgery and the, the you know and, um, what would you say she's probably in her 60s late 50s something like that probably yeah. about my age uh but she's trying to look like she was 20 and instead she's got the huge lips that are all messed up and she just looks unnaturally odd and right out of the gate that that makes an impression when you first see her you're like oh boy and she'll keep smiling and kind of looking at people just gazing at them you're like oh what's going on here anyway my main, main point about this is i love the setup and i love the character so here you got this classic long lost you know uh, family calls you back to their manner this almost as gothic manner and you go and he goes there with his you know girlfriend and right out the gate things are weird and things get weirder and it's like the whole point of a movie like this is like what's the secret what's going to be what's going to happen and and how is this going to play out and where it let me down a little bit was i would say about the hmm, two-thirds mark mark or something like that somebody gives an expedition dump, dump or after a little discovery that basically lets you know what's essentially going on in that house and all of the stuff they told you is what's going on in that house and all of that stuff that's going on in that house is kind of like versions of stuff you've seen a lot before and it plays out kind of like that whereas there was opportunity for so much weirdness to happen here that i wished would have happened here now you mentioned a specific moment that was definitely a touch of weirdness that i appreciated quite a bit and there was another one with a dance. I'll just say there's a dance. That was a really great, weird moment. I like there Bossa Nova. Been, if you like yeah. Bossa Nova, right? <laughs> there should have been a lot more of that kind of stuff. And that kind of stuff should have happened in like the second act. So the third act could have just gone fully off the rails. I wanted all kinds of weird lore. I wanted to know how this stuff was happening. When stuff was explained to me that was happening, they just said, well, this is what's happening. Did we ever really see that? No, not really. Some little dreams, things and stuff. But we never really understood exactly how that worked. And we never understood exactly what the current goal was. So I I, I felt a little let down in that way. Overall, though, I would say it's a, a mild to the plus, to plus side, I guess. Mm, very good. Eric? 
Do you agree? I'd, that maybe it should have gone a little bit towards the crazy and campier stuff and more world building around Amelia's children? I definitely would have liked the uh definitely would have liked more crazy, but I think the amount of crazy we got is pretty good. I kind of see this as a movie. Um it when, what's is this a wide release or what's the yeah in theaters and and uh, on demand on Friday? Yeah, this should, this should be a movie that that they push because like I I totally see this as a movie like just being a hit with mainstream audiences. Like this could be another kind of uh, uh, conjuring movie or another par- paranormal activity is a bad example because that's found footage and this is very much not that. But the the I'm I'm just talking about like how audience sort of receives movies movies like this i think people eat this movie right up and when we talked we talked about uh uh orphan first actually orphan would be another example of that but orphan first kill like that was one of those like i just watched the movie and i just did not get it and i was like oh this movie sucks and then the movie comes out and everyone just loves it um look if you love orphan first kill that this one's a no-brainer this is like the good version of those kind of movies and i just wonder if they'll if they'll find the audience but i guess if it's going to theater and vod at the same time then who knows um as far as the movie itself i uh don't know uh things that i things that i didn't think were spoilers apparently were spoilers so i gotta well, tread let me carefully. Ask you, do you think do you think that was a spoiler i thought that was a spoiler the now, yeah, see, now, see, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, there, this there's a... one thing I definitely think is a spoiler. One thing I'm so, so in, in the first scene when she gets her kids taken away, sure, and her eyes turn white, right? Yeah, so that's not that's so, not a spoiler. Okay, it's so in the trailer. So we're, okay, yeah, so we're good. You don't know. You don't know what but that you don't know, means but you don't know until later. I yeah. get. I got you. Cool. Well, there, yeah, yeah there, there's definitely like uh, some supernatural stuff afoot. Um, but, uh, yeah, yes. I, 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 I like the, uh, Oh, Bruce, you're going oh, to say something. I wanted to say something about, well, uh, on the supernatural front, I'm not going to talk about what happens, but let's just say another thing that was a little bothersome to me was there's an ability that's shown. Yes. There's an ability that, yes. uh-huh. that a character can do. And that ability is used later. But my all through the movie, I was wondering, like, why isn't that ability used? It's kind of like, okay, you know, you see Star Trek Next Generation and what's her name? Deanna Troy can like, oh, I feel like something's weird. going. She only uses it when it makes sense to the plot, but she doesn't use it all the other times she could use it. It's like that in this movie. There's an ability that could be used in a lot of different ways in this movie and never is. And I'm like, why are you not using this ability all the time? I know what ability you're talking about. You're talking about Gabriel Abrante's ability to make an awesome movie. And he does it. (laughs) (laughs) He does it. Correct. I kind of of see what you're talking about, but that's, uh, and and even with Deanna Troy, like uh, that's one of those things where it's like, you say it, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm with you." Makes sense. Never crossed my mind once until you just said it. Like, good, you, like even points. with the Deanna Troy, like, totally makes sense that you said it. But like, as I'm watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, it never came to mind. The the thing that they do in this never like I, I was just kind of into mm-hmm. the okay. into the thing with the characters and everything that that part never like, even. The Never things that bothered me in this movie were all the tropey things that I don't like to see in these movies, which is like 
people not leaving when obviously they should leave and doing things when they obviously do things. But <clears> those <throat> solutions could have been solved with that ability because it would have, could have explained why they didn't do things they didn't do because I, someone else could have kept them from doing things. I think I think that's still going on. It's just not apparent. I, I can't get mm. into it more without getting into spoilers, but there's... I know what I, you're saying, but I, they didn't. Yeah. if that's the case... Mm, they didn't really like tell us that that is actually happening. So. Well, that, these are things that usually go right over my head. I'm I'm just saying I picked up on that. I, I think that's. Can we agree yeah. though? Can um, we agree on one thing? Can let, we agree? Let's well, talk can about we, something else because I'm, we... I'm about to give stuff away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Can we agree on one thing? Annabella Morera, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Annabella Morera as yeah. Amelia and Eric. You were very good in your interview with Gabriel. And you were mentioning that there are two women. This is not a spoiler, by the way. There are two women who play Amelia, but that second woman, Annabella Morera, as Amelia with the sort of plastic surgery. <laughs> st Fantastic. I so, loved her. Uh, my complaint, I have a complaint about this movie. I just wanted her in every single scene in this movie. She's so awesome. I love so, But yes. First of all, let's talk about uh, Alba Baptista. Not in this much, but she's also, was also in... Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. She's there you awesome. Go. There you go. She's yeah, amazing. <laughs> Great. But, Shows uh, the breadth of her work. Shows the breadth of her work. She's getting. But I, I bring this up in the uh, uh, in the interview because um, uh, the Amelia, older Amelia, has like the the plastic surgery done. Yeah. And it's like the bad plastic surgery. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> your surgeon didn't do you any favors. I hope you didn't pay him too much. Um, but I, this didn't come across in the movie, but in the. Uh, in the interview where the uh, uh, Gabriel was talking about why the plastic surgery, I really love that concept. It's kind of like one of those things that's like, a, uh, you know, if you're writing a script, you might have like a little note for the actor or a note for the character that never makes it to the movie, but it's still kind of cool that it's there. That's kind of one of the, one of those sort of things for me. We'll be uploading yeah, that we'll, interview. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and more in the spoilers, but yeah. Yeah, a couple I did, of things. I, I did like the uh, angle, the plastic surgery angle to it. Eric, you can tell from Eric's, the tenor of his voice, he's so excited about Amelia's children. He will carry on that excitement with after we record this, me and Eric will be, well, Bruce can't be with us because we, we want to make sure that he celebrates his, his birthday fully with his family. <laughs> so me and Eric, we're going to talk about our, the, the the spoilers for Amelia's children. For our, exclusively for our Patreon members, they're going to get early access. Patreon members, you get these new movies that we're going to do spoilers for for the week of its opening release and then for the rest of our cinematics listeners who subscribe to our youtube channel we release the spoilers a week later so amelia's children for people for non-patreon members you will you'll get it for the second week of its release in theaters or most importantly on demand i, I think that's how a lot of you people will see amelia's children i really love this movie i thought it was campy i wish i actually agree with Bruce that I wish it went a little bit more crazy in camp and Eric says that too but I love the slow burn thriller aspect of it the third act is fantastic and my only complaint is I could have seen another half hour of Emilia's children four stars for me four stars Bruce um, I actually agree with Eric that this could actually be like kind of be a broad appeal sort of a, a minor hit um, to me, that's kind of the drawback to it is that the, what makes it that is that it, it kind of goes in a more general way than I wanted it to go. I want it to go weirder. So for me, it's only three stars with some great performances and some great concepts. Just a little more with it. Fair. What about you, Eric? 
I'm kind of teetering between three and a half and four. Mm. Uh, but you know, she uh, saw this, saw she is Conan, saw Blood and Blood Out. I'm feeling generous. I'll go. I'll teeter towards four only because, um, <clears throat> again, I think this is going to be. If this gets in front of enough eyes, I think this one's going to be a crowd pleaser. And if this is going to be the new kind of conjuring or a new orphan thing going forward, I'd much rather see something like this uh, get eyes on it um, as opposed to orphan and conjuring, which I didn't really care for either one of them. And by the way, by the way, before we end on this, Annabella Moreira, we mentioned her as Amelia. You, Eric, you mentioned Alba Baptista. We towards the top, we talked about Carlo, Carlotto Cotta. He plays Ed and the brother. Mentioned all these people, but the lead, the actual lead actor in this movie, is Bridget Lundy yeah. Payne Riley. She plays the girlfriend of Ed. You see what unfolds before her eyes. So most of the movie is a slow burn thriller. So it might be prohibitive for. If you want action upon action, you're not going to get it with this movie. But if you want a slow burn with a really great knockout third act, in my opinion, this is definitely worth a watch. And again, really interesting mixture of comedy and horror. Bruce Perky gave it three stars. Eric Eric and I gave it four stars. Check, tell us what you think of Amelia's Children, again, in theaters and on VOD on Friday, March 1st. Now, it is Bruce Perky's turn for the lightning round of recommendations of, mo- of stuff that you've watched the past week. What do you got? Not too much. Uh, I got a little bit of TV. I just started watching a new series, which I think there's about four episodes on Apple TV right now. Um, but I mostly wanted to mention it because it stars uh, one of our favorites, Numi. We never remember how their name is. Numi Rapaz. Yes. yes. Very good. Yeah. Um, um, and that's, uh, her last name's made up. I believe we talked about Numi her, her and her um, and her husband got her and her husband got married and decided to make up their right. last name. Oh, very cool. That's right. Very cool. Eric. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's called Constellation. It's pretty cool. I would say the first two episodes, uh, check them out because it's she's she's on the International Space Station, and uh, let's just say an accident happens, and there's only enough space on uh, one of the capsules to get three of the four of them off. So she's left behind and she has 24 hours to try to get the other capsule usable to get off. But let's just say there are other odd quantum science things happening on this that cause some rifts in possible time or alternate dimensions and stuff. It's, it's a pretty interesting movie or series so far. Another series which is completed, you can watch the whole thing, is called Boy Swallows Universe. That's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title, I almost didn't watch it. It sounds like, oh, this is some little kid's show or whatever. This is almost like an Australian version, to some degrees, a version of Shameless. If you ever watched that show, Shameless. Mm, um, yes. Where you, basically it starts out and you have this kid. He's probably about, 10, about 11 or 12. And he's basically, he's living in a family of crime. You know, his... And all this, and right out of the gate, his house is basically uh, invaded by uh, other bad guys who want to find out information that the stepdad has been involved in. And there, the main kid has a knife held over his hand, and they're going to re- threaten to cut off one of his fingers if they don't give him the information. And that just kind of sets you up for the beginning of what's happening here. There's a ton of heart. There's a ton of humor. Uh, it's an epic story that takes place from the time he's about 12 till when he's in his 20s over about like six or seven episodes quite good 
quite good. Really interesting. Uh, Brian Brown, if you remember him. Yeah, I love him. FX, Thornbirds. Yes, yes. He has a, a great um, starring role, or not starring role, but a um, side role in this as a criminal who was known for escaping from this prison many times. And he's kind of this renowned um, criminal who's out now. And he's kind of one of his friends. And I guess that person, it was a real character in Australia, the, the one he's playing, thrown into this kind of fictional world. This is a great, if you like those kind of series that are limited, that have a beginning and an end and are one season and only about seven episodes long. What's your rating on that? Um, that, I think I ended up going four stars for the whole thing. Uh, it could even go a little higher. It's really, really good. I can't really rate Constellation yet because I have to see how it how it kind of plays out. And then last but not least, I rewatched Dune today um, in kind of in advance of seeing Dune 2 this weekend. Uh, did you watch it or experience it in all its majesty, Bruce? What did you? <laughs> what do you mean by that, sir? <laughs> no, <I> just... <laughs> so originally, I think I gave it around three stars. I was I remember I was kind of um, I was I thought it looked cool, and but I was was not fully engaged to it. Too slow. A little, little long, a little ponderous. Yeah. But I remember at the time, and I haven't listened to my review, but I feel like at the time I even thought like, you know what, I might need to watch this again. I might just need to give it another chance. Watching it again, I really, really ended up loving it. Oh, cool. I think, I think just having the story in my brain the first time, kind of like you do with Coen Brothers movies, like I didn't have to concentrate so much on the path of the story and I could really let myself see the details, see the world building, still get the story there too, but just really watch what Villeneuve is doing with this creation of the whole everything in, in the Dune universe that he's showing us in the first movie. Um, and I think it's actually pretty fantastic. Also, people advised me to do this, but I was already doing it anyway. But at home, you can put on subtitles. And I tell you, with Dune, the way it's mixed and how loud the music is and also just the amount of detail that is in dialogue and exposition and just various things that are going on it's really handy to have those subtitles on and i go five stars in this now i went for three to five stars wow okay uh, eric are you speechless on at bruce's re-rating I, I was expecting his uh his rating to go higher after watching the second one i didn't know that would happen before watching the second Where's one i was the, not was where, not expecting tears, that i don't see the tears of joy from from your face from your visage <laughs> I, 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 I can't we're on arrakis i gotta save I up all say, my water I am, <laughs> yeah exactly good point <laughs> i have to say i'm really excited to see it now and just some of the details i saw this time which i know people have talked about before i mean just the world of the harkonnens that, that you see only tiny glimpses of in this movie it's just so good. It's so amazing. Eric, yeah, Eric, how did you, oh, sorry, Eric, how were you able to hold back your, how, how were you able to humor me and Bruce when we, I, I don't think we did, I don't, I don't think we did the proverbial number two on Dune. We liked it, but we didn't love it as much as you did. You're a reader of the Herb, Frank Herbert books. How did you not stop? Were you surprised that we gave it a lukewarm review? And how, how did, why did you not attack us two two years ago and say, what well, are you guys watching? I mean, for, first of all, it's half a movie. It's, and it literally is because they, he's adapting the book and you get the first half of the book in the first movie and the rest of the book in the second movie. So it's kind of like, a, kind of like, a, you know, it's Christmas morning. 
little Greg and Brucey are opening all their presents that uh, Papa <laughs> Eric gave them, but they didn't get they didn't get the they didn't get the pony that they asked for, and they're all angry. But I know the pony's waiting in the backyard. And very good outlook. That's the pony outlook. being Dune too, like that. Like I I know what's coming. Well, I don't know what's coming because I I don't know how he chose to adapt it. But like based on what happens in the first Dune movie a lot of stuff seems like they're going in that direction. So I'm real excited to see if he pulls it off in Dune 2. And judging by a lot of the earlier reviews, people are kind of blown away by it. And I, but they're not saying exactly what. I wonder if they kept that ending from the book. And mm. it, it's, it's yeah. Mm. Blood and Blood Out. Watch Blood and Blood Out. <laughs> Which I did. I did. I did the right preparation. Thank you. Yeah, then, then read Dune, and you'll be like, the parallels are uncanny between these two. That's amazing. Bruce, you and I are around the same age. Do you feel bad that maybe you have not read Dune? I feel sort of bad that I... Actually I actually have like... read Dune. Oh, you have? When I you read were... it when I was like 12 or something. Oh, okay. So oh, I don't remember right. it very well, <laughs> as you might guess. <laughs> okay, so that's well, five stars. Okay, yes, Eric. I, I, I was going to say, um, I, I probably should save this, but... Dune's one of the movies coming out this weekend. I'm I know I'm going to watch it. I assume Bruce is, Greg, yep. maybe. That I think Dune Maybe. Would be, well, maybe. I, I, How you, dare you, you. you don't like people though. You don't like to go out. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't like people, but guess what? On Fandango, I just ordered eleven thirty AM on a Friday morning. So. I I think it would be a great idea to do a spoiler on Dune. Um, and I kind of want to reread the book to get like kind of refreshed. Like I know Bruce and I did that a couple of times when we did, uh, we'd read something and then watch mm. the, the movie version of it and kind of compare the two. I think it'd Black be fun or to, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, can do I that. Think, I, I think it'd be fun to do that for Dune, especially well, after the second one's out, people have had a chance to see it. And then let's, let's, let's compare and contrast it to, I think it'd be fun. Well, the spoiler stuff that we're doing for the cinematics YouTube channel, and a lot of that engineering is thanks to Eric Holmes. He's, he had a great idea of putting early access for Patreon members and then a week later giving access to members of our Cinematics YouTube channel. So eventually, Dune Part 2 will definitely be part of the spoiler discussion that we're going to have no matter what iteration of us three, maybe all three, maybe two, maybe one, maybe someone's looking in the mirror on a microphone. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have different kind of spoilers on our Cinematics YouTube channel. We love we love uh, that kind of feedback. Yes, but I'm going to talk about feedback in a second. Yes, it, if uh, you're going to see Dune this weekend and yeah. it's sold out and you can't, there's a movie called The Roundup: No Way Out. Don't know what it is. Haven't seen it, but it's starring Don Lee. If you've ever seen uh, the gangster, the cop, the devil, he's a guy that looks like a Jack Sturzavosti. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like when he pops up in movies. So maybe that's one to go check out. Okay, very cool. And speaking of checking out. Check out our Cinematics Facebook uh, Facebook group. Some really interesting people there. Joseph Bridges, Matt Stillman, the wonderful guys over at Middle Class, middle class Film Class, Tyler Noe, Joseph Navarro. There's also Peter Beta and, of course, Jason Kleberg from Force 5. Some really interesting people. Yes. Some, um, something interesting going on between uh, me and Jason Kleberg, by the way. Oh, right. What are you guys doing? Uh, we're going to, well, uh, don't know how much. Well, you know, screw it. Don't tell Jason whatever. We're going to... We're we're co-writing a script together. Okay, all right. We've had it. We we've been uh, recording them. We've been recording the uh, the Zoom meetings between us. Mm -hmm. So 
I, we don't know what we're doing with it yet, but uh, we, mm-hmm. we got an idea and it's a great idea. And I cannot wait to uh, say it, it's very early days, very mm-hmm. like we haven't mm-hmm. even got a uh, outline yet, but I'm excited to see what comes of that. If, if you need representation, just hit up Bruce Berkey. He gets 10, 10 to 20 percent of your commission. There you go. Right, Bruce? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm your PR agent on that. You're going to say uh, something? Bruce? Oh, yes. I was going to say um, <laughs> what you need to do now is you need to put beeps between where and together when he talks about what he's doing there and just leave it like that. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of Eric Holmes, <laughs> before we get to the end of the show and sort of a box uh, mention, you could talk about that in a second. Bruce, a day ago, I posted a Facebook reel on our cinematics Facebook page of Eric Holmes talking about ba- Batman and Robin being his favorite movie of the Batman films. And oh, I just wanted yeah. to share. <laughs> I just wanted to share. I don't know if you saw this, if you saw the real Eric, but got some pretty nice views on our on our Facebook page. But here's the comments. Chris L. Nearland said, the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton is the best. And then this other guy, Derek Day Pino said, Batman and Robin, it's horrible. I almost jumped into traffic after watching it. <laughs> and then I mentioned, <laughs> I haven't seen it, Derek. Seen all the other ones though, but may may eventually get around to it just because of Eric's take. And Derek said, trust me, you'll hate it. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> we love all of the, all of those wonderful recommendations. I mean, the, the, the weird thing is there's a lot of people that say that. And uh, I don't know if those specific people feel the same way, but like uh, people give the Adam West Batman a pass and then just crap on Batman and Robin. They're the same thing. Yes. And then and then to say that like the the Michael Keaton, like the Tim Burton Batman is like, no, those are the gritty dark ones. I'm like, really? Guy falls into guy falls into acid and comes out with face paint. And now he's got super joker powers. All right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he he uh goes around with the balloon, gassing everyone to make them smile and somehow that kills him. Not silly at all. Totally, <laughs> totally gritty and grounded in reality. The one last oh, comment. Oh, 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 a human penguin runs for office. No one bats an eye. Like that. That's that's the kind of gritty, realistic Batman. A a woman who dies and gets licked by cats and then uh, dances around in S and M gear. Yeah, that's that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's no, that's but, gritty. But no, but no, Batman and Robin went too far. Batman and Robin went too far. Now, one more thing. Bruce, you and I enjoyed Mr. Organ. Do you remember enjoying Mr. Organ, the documentary? I gave it a good review. I think you gave it a pretty a pretty good review too. You like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's one person out, out of our trio, our wonderful trio, who did not like it one bit. I don't. I forgot Who's what that? that would be. You, Eric Holmes. I forgot oh, the right. rating that you gave. I think you probably gave Mr. Organ. You gave it like one or something. I think. Yeah, I at think least I gave it half star. Half star. Okay. To I just mentioned something about Eric Holmes and his Batman and Robin and all those people saying it sucks and everything. I will have a comment that's pro Eric Holmes and his take on Mr. Organ from Mitch McGinley. I think McGinn some so on our YouTube. Do you think people who have experienced people like Mr. Organ, by the way, this is a documentary, are more likely to hate the film and found it boring? While those who have not experienced a Mr. Organ type in their personal life uh, enjoyed it. I have had a few lighter versions of his personality type in my life. I found the movie frustrating and no payoff. So that's, that person agreed with Eric. That's probably a thousand percent accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you, if you haven't come across a lot of people like that, then maybe it's like, uh, you know, kind of like watching a car wreck, like, Oh, what, what's this? Yeah. I've actually dealt 
like in person with many people like that and i hate them so to watch a movie about them knowing full well that they'll sit back and go hey, hey, hey they made a movie about me and now they're talking about it on the podcast again <laughs> like it just yeah. makes my blood boil but well, no that 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 take is completely accurate i think very cool eric holmes now in all fairness bruce and i liked it he this person is on eric team eric holmes for mr organ i don't know where it's streaming but again, it's directed by tickled filmmaker David Fire. If you get a chance to see Mr. Organ, tell us what you think of the movie. Before I also, we go, yes. also want to, uh, I, I mentioned this before, David Ferrier, I have no problem with him. He's a great no, filmmaker. Like, more, yeah, like, he, like yeah. all my hate of the movie deals 100% with the with Mr. Organ. With the subject matter, not yeah, the, not the, the filmmaker themselves. He's yes. a talented filmmaker. The fact that he made a watchable movie about such a boring <laughs> subject is mm. a testament to that but yeah bruce perky what's your box pick for next week what are you going to be covering oh uh prince of the city by Sidney lumet sorry my brain's not working anymore no worries, no worries. <laughs> you're, ready, you're ready for some party favors you're ready to enjoy your birthday it's happy oh prince of the city dvd which eric holmes how long have you had that again you saw that you I, I, when I did you purchase up a cup uh not last week, but the week uh, when it was after Bruce drove from the box, which I think was a couple weeks ago. At this okay. Point. Mm-hmm. That is Prince of the City, directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Treat Williams and J- the late Jerry Orbach, uh, also the late Treat Williams. Rest in peace. Check out our review next week here on Cinematics. And that'll be very interesting. Final thoughts, Bruce Perky. No, no, that's just, 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 we gave a lot of thoughts in this episode. I don't have anything else. I'm, I'm uh, thought it out. He's thought it out. He's ready to blow out the candles for his 40th birthday. <laughs> Sounds kind of ominous. He's ready to blow out the candles now. He's so old. He just <laughs> blow them out. Service and blow them out. Service and blow them out, Bruce. <laughs> Take the headphone off and just see how much smoke comes out. <laughs> I was going to say on that Weezing note. Away. Just, anyways, I'm not going to say on that note. We, we love you guys. And of course, here's Claire. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining Cinematics.